Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Halloween episode of Gorgab. I am your host, Uncle Ponyboy, and I'm here with my co-host, with the most, DJ Gill. Are you ready to do Halloween for Halloween, to drop on Halloween? That's too many Halloweens. I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, let's fucking get into some Haddonfield shit, man. So... Halloween is one that, you know, we've tried to stick to the, the low-budget B-movie stuff. I mean, it is, but <clears throat> this movie is, a, this is seen as a classic <clears throat> horror film. I mean, this is a, this is must-see type shit for a lot of people, you know? Well, I mean, here's the deal. This is the movie that ruins every other movie that we watch. Because this is, it has no budget... No name actors, you know, nothing special about it except for the genius behind it all who just makes it all fucking work. Every, everything about it is, and, and it's, it's funny, I think I had talked to you earlier today about it, that it's, every movie since Halloween has riffed on Halloween in some way. Yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, there there is no other horror movie that is more ripped off than Halloween. And it didn't rip any... I mean, maybe it did. I'm sure there's people out there that think Halloween rips well, some stuff there, off. But, like, <laughs> but I don't feel like it does. I feel like it's like it just is perfect. Well, there, there are movies... There are slasher movies before Halloween. I know mm-hmm. we had talked recently on an episode about Bay of Blood by Mario Bava. And there, and there are, are slasher movies before Halloween. But everything after Halloween... Yeah, no, it changed... Took the, something from Halloween. Yeah, it changed the game, for sure. I mean, it's the Jordan of yeah, horror yeah, movies. Yeah. You like, tear up watching highlight videos. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, like, no, I mean, just no one... Okay, you don't have to tell them about that. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, when you make a horror movie, you're not making it without this movie in mind. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think you can... It's just one of those things that, like, it. it's like the Beatles, man. Like, you can't make music without referencing the Beatles in some way, in some whether way, you yeah. think you are or not. Yeah, yeah. It they laid the groundwork just like I mean, just like this movie does for all horror movies after it. Well and you've got it's directed by John fucking Carpenter, mm-hmm. who is a genre legend. I mean he the thing <clears throat> Escape from New York. I mean this guy he is an incredible, incredible Director that started out as an independent director with with Halloween, right? And so he, I mean, he does. That's he. He lives in the sci-fi horror uh, realm. I don't know if he's. I honestly, I haven't looked at a list of his movies. I don't know if he's ever done anything outside of that kind of genre. But um, you know, he's pretty well known uh, within the community of sci-fi and horror as being one of the you know, first directors that really did something with it. Well, I mean, he he's done Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which is, is kind of a comedy, Body Bags, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, Escape from L.A., Vampires, Ghosts of Mars. I mean, so he's pretty much stayed within the realm of sci-fi and horror for most of his career. Sure. And then you have... Jamie Lee Curtis, who yeah. became a huge, huge star after huge star, yeah. yeah. And this was her day, de- her debut. Yeah, this yeah. is the first thing she was in. Um, 
and I yeah I mean I don't I don't know that she's really great in this movie. No, she nobody's great in it. I mean, and that's the thing, man. It's like it the acting in this movie's not really. I mean, really not other than Donald Pleasance. Uh, incredible. Uh, you know the acting is not great, but it just like you for, forget about it. Like yeah, yeah. It's not something that like keeps coming up and reminding you. You know, it's it's like bad. But it's just okay enough that it doesn't bother. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, we're not looking at a. It's not a blood rage. No, we're not. a basket case. No, you know, it's it's nothing like that. But I mean, it's it's good enough to where you can. It doesn't affect the viewing of the movie to where you're you're distracted by the horrible acting or anything like that. No, not at all. So, um, I mean. I don't know. Let's just. I think maybe just get into like some uh, some stuff behind the movie. I don't know if you want to spew off some facts or what you got. Or I know you're a facts guy. So it was made in 1978 and directed by, as we've already spoken about, John Carpenter. Written by Carpenter with Deborah Hill. Who so Deborah Hill focused on the female dialogue in the movie between the friends between between Linda Annie. And Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode. Laurie. Oh, Laurie Strode. This is not the best writing. It's not. So so from what I read, uh, John Carpenter focused on Loomis's speeches. That was his thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing speeches. Yeah, it should have been Carpenter all the way through, I think. Well, and I mean, it makes sense. So, like, I mean, that's kind of an admirable thing to do, right? To be like, I don't know what teenage girls talk about. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> bring someone else in to write that because, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's a good move on his part. I yeah. don't know if Deborah Hill was maybe the best person to do it. I, Not that anything they talk about is, like, wrong, but it's just not. The, the delivery, and the, it's very cheesy. It's got that, like, and, you know, maybe maybe that was just the of the times, too, though. You know, like, the stuff people said to each other to us now comes off as, like, Oh, dude, nobody says that. That's, right. That's so cheesy. But I just like the one girl. Which one was it? I, she says totally like Linda. Linda. Linda, but Linda played by PJ Souls. Says totally so many freaking times. Uh, I counted seven, but I lost track because I wasn't paying attention beforehand. I just it annoys the shit out of me. But like, I don't know if they wrote that in or if that's just something she did. And it stuck. Well, and PJ Soul's interesting tidbit was actually in Carrie. She's yeah. kind of a genre actress in her own right. But I mean, Jamie Lee, man, that's the Laurie Strode. That's that's the queen of the scream queens, man. Yeah, I mean, so Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I mean, does she has she done any more horror since then? Oh yeah, she did. Uh, she did Prom Night. Okay. Which was a huge like '80s slasher style movie. Yeah, she did. She did Halloween too. Right. Well, I mean, I remember so, that. And then H was it H two O? She came back for yeah, or yeah. H- with uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Busta Bust Bus oh, was in that. Oh, Busta Rhymes. Busta Bus. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like maybe she. This is her first thing, right? So, I mean, she, she's not great, but she's not bad. She's better than, like, a lot of leads. Um, well, she, she was in The Fog, too, actually. Okay, yeah, she was in The Fog. Terror Train, 
Road Games, Escape from New York. I mean, so she she was kind of a genre actress for a decent little portion of her career, and then she moved on to True Lies instead right. of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. So then she moved on to the bigger stuff, which now well, she's on a stuff. she's on Scream Queens, right? And on I mean, Fox, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. So I mean, I but hey, whatever, man. Uh, anyways, I think. I mean, unless you want to, like, go over some kind of, like... I think we should maybe just go through the plot of the movie and we can talk about things as they come up. Yeah, yeah, that's As far as just little tidbits. Because there's so much... So unlike a lot of the movies that we do, there's a lot of information about this movie out there. Um, And that that makes it fun, man, because you can... It kind of, at least for me, provides, like, some rewatchability because you can go back and look for things that are pointed out by people, that kind of stuff. So... I guess we'll just uh, get into it. I mean, so the the movie starts, and right away we get into the theme. The theme, which everybody knows the Halloween theme. Listen, man, this is my favorite horror movie theme of all time. Well, well it's right there with The Exorcist. Like, they're neck and neck. I love The Exorcist theme, but this one is... This is the most recognizable one Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, when I watched Halloween for the first time... I'll never forget sitting there and seeing the jack-o'-lantern and the music and being terrified. Like, it's scared the shit out of me. Yeah, and it's really funny that we were talking about this because my friend just texted me the a picture of the, uh, <laughs> the soundtrack for Queen of the Damned and said, <laughs> best soundtrack of all time. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, Who is this? Can we put it, this person it, it was, on blast? It, it's oh, it's Seth Points. Seth Points, terrible job. <laughs> uh, obviously, he's joking. But anyways, I just thought that was funny. I don't know if he is. Maybe not. But uh, so yeah, I mean, this is literally just just John Carpenter sitting down with a synth pad in four days. In four days, four days he wrote this this score, and just man. scoring out a movie. And now, granted, there's not a lot of depth here. A lot of it's the same thing over and over again, but there's definitely some like really cool building synth, uh, like where it builds the atmosphere, dude. Um, so I mean, first of all, you start with the credits and the music starts off, and it's creepy, man. Like, oh yeah. So I went and saw this at a small movie theater here in Tulsa, and uh, it was just like a screening that they were doing. Uh, for uh, Halloween, Circle Cinema, Circle Cinema, which is it's a really cool little place, um, and uh, man, it was so cool to actually see it on like a movie screen and like uh, have the sound quality and everything. Oh yeah, man. Um, I sat right up in front, you know. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. just loved it, loved it to death, and it like I mean that really hits home. The so you have the jack o' lantern coming in. And like the names are flashing across the screen. It's just the it's theme. It's the slow zoom yeah. on the jack o' lantern with that theme. Right. And then and so it all goes out and then you and then you drop into silence. Yeah. Yeah. And we start with a first person shot, right? Yeah. So this is in Haddonfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Halloween nineteen sixty three. Nineteen sixty three. So this is a flashback. And just right away, like, you just, like... So that's that's the other thing about John Carpenter is... I mean, we've talked about the the music, but he also uses, like, silence so well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like... Well, and what's cool is he'll have, like, a silent spot, and then you get that, uh... 
Right, yeah, like, and just a yeah. little sound effect. And, like, and that's maybe a little cheesy or whatever, but, like, just... Oh, no I mean, way. He, <laughs> I don't know. I love man, it but, so much. But he, it, it builds so much so, like, there's nothing in this movie that scares me now. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that, like, gives me a jump scare or anything like that, but, like, I get actual feelings of... Sus- ...of, like, yeah. suspense... In the, just in the way that he drops out that oh, yeah. that sound, and so you just have the like the characters and the breathing. But anyways, well, Carpenter early in his career was kind of a master of subtlety too. You know, I mean, there are shots in this movie where nothing is going on. There's no movement, but it will. It's creepy as fuck. Right. You know? Yeah. No. And that's. I mean, that's where he gets it right. Where so many people get it wrong. Bro, oh yeah. Is yeah. he can take a scene and it's like he has a picture in his head. And he just captures that, and he can make anything creepy. Well, it's, like, it's like The Thing, man. The Thing is creepy as shit, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's just, I mean, just Carpenter to the max, man. That, those, that's his best shit. The score, like, it, it's amazing. I love it so much. But he... Yeah, he's subtle with everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it, I mean, it's great. The... Um, so anyways, back to this <laughs> yeah. first scene. This is exactly what we said we were going to do yeah, when we this talked is, about this This is the movie. problem, is we just... Uh, we love it so much that we're going to... Uh, dude, I took more notes watching this. I've seen it I've seen it a hundred times, and I took more notes watching this movie than any other movie watched, even the ones that I hadn't seen before, like right. Street Trash. It's easy to do. There's just so much to note. But anyways, we start off with the first scene, and you can already... I mean, this, this first scene already puts you miles ahead of... Any anything else at the time? Oh yeah, and most things that would come later. So it's all shot in first person perspective from Michael, young Michael Myers. Right. Yeah. Um, we're not, we're not going to beat around the bush on this. Everybody knows who the fuck Michael Myers is. Everybody knows what Halloween is. So we're not going to do the like somebody's creeping around around right. the house. You know what the fuck's up? It's a Halloween episode. Right. It's special. Just shut up. <laughs> so uh, he's. He's sneaking around, you know, he, he moves around the house and kind of by the bushes, he's looking in windows. Uh, you see his parents leave, right? And uh, he goes in the side of the house, grabs a knife. Uh, or no, you see the boyfriend leave. Yeah, the boyfriend leaves because... Uh-huh. They go upstairs and have sex for like five seconds and yeah, then he leaves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Timeline's not that great. Well, I mean... <laughs> uh, and he, so he goes, Michael goes upstairs, and we see a naked girl, of course naked. His sister. His sister. Uh, so Michael picks up the clown mask that's on the floor that yes. was it. Again, through this scene, there's things that happen or whatever. Anyways, there's a clown mask laying on the floor. And so so this this harkens back to multiple times you have, you've talked about, uh, in these movies, it's always promiscuous people getting murdered. Right. This is the first one in this, this is, movie. Yep, this is the... Uh, this really establishes the lore of all horror movies, whether it be the final girl right, or yeah. the... Yeah, the the virgin is the one that survives. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and they didn't even set out to do that. It no. just kind of happened and then people took off with it. And right. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill are like, what the fuck? That's not what we were trying to say. That's right. just how it turned out. Yeah, and that's just something that's been emulated in horror movies over and over and over again. Uh, but yeah. So now we get some we get some stabs and we get some boobs. Some boob stabs. Some boobs and stabs and boob stabs. And boob stabs. All in first person, mind you. And then, okay, and so this is what's so cool about this movie. So, 
So this portion's shot in first person, but the just like the he does the moving uh, camera, like he moves God. he moves the camera in the way that like a person oh yeah would move through a scene. I wrote down gorgeously shot right. because it's just like. I don't know, man. It's so it's just perfect. It's just a, such a beautiful shot. Every, everything that's the way it's composed, the point of view behind the mask as he murders naked seventies hottie with her boobies out. Right. I, it's, it's amazing. It's all great, it. and it's it's like it's fluid. It all moves. The like you already know, like the lighting. John, nobody, oh, nobody uses lighting like John Carpenter. No, no. Uh, and again, I mean, this is just stuff that like through the movie is gonna. Like, just keep happening. You don't even realize it's happening, but like, that's how he creates this like whole masterpiece is with the moving shots, like setting up the shots to make sure that like he can create something that looks good. Wait, dude, one of the first, one of the creepiest shots of the whole movie is a perfectly still. Yeah. Shot right doesn't move. The only thing that changes is the lighting. Yeah, and it's literally like a like a fifteen twenty second just non moving still shot, and it's one of the creepiest parts. Though, but that's like that's later, way the fuck down the road. Right, and I we haven't even talked about that part. Like, but I feel like we're talking about the same. Yeah, part. yeah, I think I, so. I don't think we've talked about it or like discussed it, but like I I feel like we're just both on the same page. I agree. For, I'm, for I'm part. We'll agree find we'll find out later. But uh, so he he kills this girl, which. We find out it's his sister. His sister, yeah. He runs down the stairs, and the parents show back up, like, immediately. Like, they pull right... As soon as he walks out the front door, the parent, Which I thought was convenient. That oh, was yeah. one thing I thought we were watching, and I was like, okay. Whatever. Great timing. Right. So, he walks out the front door of the house, and his parents pull back up. And they get out of the car, and they walk over, and they pull the mask off. Right. And they say, Michael? And he's standing there with this bloody knife in his clown costume. And so, and this is another one of those shots you're talking about. No one's moving. And, yeah. this, and the camera glides oh, back. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the whole house in view with this little kid with a bloody knife in a clown costume. Yeah. And it's fucking creepy. It's man. great, man. It looks it's so, so good. good. It's yeah. such a great piece of imagery. Um, and it, like it, he, just, uh, he just fucking nails it, man. And, and like I said, just... Nobody was fucking with, like, nobody Dude. making horror movies was messing with any kind of directorial skills like right. John Carpenter. Car- Carpenter was, Carpenter's a master of atmosphere, man. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the thing, uh, have you ever seen, um, have you ever seen Cigarette Burns? I have not. So it's a, it's a, one of the shorts on the Masters of Horror show that was on, uh, Stars, I believe, and it's hour-long segments where they get, like, a, you know, a master of horror to come in and... And directed make episode. like a mini movie uh-huh. basically for an hour, and he it's just so atmospheric and just like you're just oh, and he's he's always been so fucking good at doing that, and it, same thing with with this shot, like you just get that, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie with the music, the way it's shot, the lighting, everything about it. Right. So then we cut to October thirtieth, nineteen seventy eight, which is fifteen years later. Right. And that's uh, when, I mean, that's about the time this movie came out, right? 78, yeah. So, it was in 78. So yeah. set in present times for whenever the movie was released. Yeah. So we, we see uh, Dr. Loomis, which uh, played by Donald Pleasance, which for some reason I wrote Dr. Pleasy. Dr. Pleasy. So Dr. Pleasy <laughs> rolls up. Uh, he, he's driving, uh, this or this girl's driving him to 
an asylum, right. basically, right? So they pull up to this asylum, and uh, they find out that this whole place has been like all the all the uh, inmates. Yes, yeah, I, I don't the, think it, it's not an inmate. All the patients, patients, yeah, are wandering around outside. And so this is one of my favorite like scenes of lighting in the movie yes. because they're rolling up to this, and the lights are like hitting them, and there's like. Weird, like, uh, I want to say reds and blues that are used, yeah, like, in in small doses that make mm-hmm. have a real effect, yeah. No, so there's definitely some mood lighting, uh, and it the lightning flashes and stuff again, the, like the, the lightning, the thunder sound effects are not great, right? Yeah, uh, or yeah. whatever, but like, no, it's just like it feels like it just has a feeling, like, I don't yeah. know, I don't know how to explain it, like, I. You can I can it's watch atmosphere. Yeah, man. I mean you can watch movies and you just don't I mean you're just watching a movie but like there's something about this movie that gives me feels and it like I yeah, said, oh, it's yeah. the atmosphere of every shot. But the So yeah, they're they're driving, there's conversation, there's a yeah. bunch of great uh oh, d- Dr. Pleasy. Yeah, Dr. Pleasy is telling her like he's basically saying we do not want this dude out of this place, which of course they're talking about Michael Myers, Myers, who's fifteen years older now, and then he's he's telling her to give her to give Michael a bunch of Thorazine before setting him yeah, off to the yeah. judge, which is like a basically like a medical lobotomy. Yeah, she know? she basically she says something like Why? he'll be in a coma. Yeah, or he'll something. basically be asleep, and he's like, "That's what we want. That's what we want." Yeah, right? yeah. So obviously, we know that we're getting into some rough shit. Yeah, here. yeah. Well, uh, and then so they they pull up and they see all the the in the. Inmates, like even like these yeah, people are prisoners. No. They are the patients of this asylum wandering around, and then this shot. This... That shot is creepy. As yeah, fuck, man. By yeah. The way. I don't know if that's what you were about to talk about, but yeah, they, it, it's the way it's shot when you see all these these uh, these patients of this this asylum wandering around in like this field outside of the asylum. It's got this, and it's night, and it's, and raining, it's raining, yeah. and there's just like the headlights. You so you know they pull in, and you see. The headlights illuminate all these people wandering around in their gowns. And right, and it, again, it's like the the lighting is perfect because you don't like you can't see any of their faces, yeah. and like they just look very creepy. But they're and like I think that's another thing that like uh, that he plays off of so well in this movie is that like people are people's brains will like associate things. So like if you can't see something. Like your brain will make an association, and that's yeah. scarier than oh, just yeah, yeah. than just showing you like a monster. Well, or something just, like, just that. like um, was it uh, was it Insidious two? I think maybe. Shit, I can't remember which one it was. I don't think it was The Conjuring, but it may have been okay. one of the James Wan movies, where the girl's sitting in her bed and she's staring into the corner of her bedroom, and she's horrified and there's tears running down her face but you see nothing but a dark corner of a bedroom and her sister wakes up and she's like what you can't see that it's right there right you know? like that shit's fucking scary yes it is and like john carpenter just knows how to to use that like it, it, and i mean i think that that's why he did the mask right yeah is yeah. because it's like that makes it scarier like, yeah. than it just being a person. Which, and, okay, so speaking of the mask, that was a $2, I believe, William Shatner mask that right. they bought, a Star Trek mask that they bought in spray-painted white. And it's the creepiest fucking it's thing It's one of the ever. most iconic fucking things in horror movie history. Right. That's insane. And it's literally, I mean, that just goes to show you you don't need, 
You know, like like we said, like I mean, how much money did they spend on Carnosaur to build <laughs> shitty dinosaurs? Yeah, dude. And like John Carpenter takes a two dollar mask, spray paints it, and it's literally the shit of nightmares for forty years afterwards. Yeah, oh yeah, know? man. Still to this day, right? People are scared of Michael the Boogeyman. They the call boogeyman. him in the movie. Yeah, like, the Boogeyman. Yeah, man. So so they're in the car. They pull up to the asylum, and there's this. Beautiful shot. There's these beautiful shots of inside the car. Uh, Loomis gets out of the car. Yeah. And then the girl hears a noise, and behind her, through the back windshield mm-hmm. of the car, you see this person like monkey crawl up Dude, in that, a gown. Yeah, on the that back always, of the car. always freaked me out. Like, it reminds me of like that shit. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't even know what movie to rep, but like when people like crawl on the walls, like on all fours. We just saw that this weekend, actually, in uh, Ouija. Yeah, she's a little, little yeah. girl does it in that movie. Um, Daniel hated that movie. Did not by the way. like it at all. Thumbs way the fuck down yeah, on that one. No thumbs. <laughs> no thumbs. I give it severed. I give that two severed. <laughs> Thumbs. Instead of giving it a stab rating, I'm going to give it a suture rating. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I got you. I didn't... It, we're not going to talk about that one right now. Anyways. Uh, so what were we... He, do- ju- oh, okay. yeah, he, he jumps up on the car. She hears him on the roof. She's like, oh shit. There's a fucking person on the roof of my car. He breaks through the window on one side, grabs her. She gets away. Crawls to the other side of the seat. And there's this great fucking scene uh, yeah. of his hand... Just lifting up and just, I mean, open palm slapping the window and making almost like a handprint in the window. Like he just like crush and like crushes the window of the car. And there's, this is the part where the, uh, there's like these, this, these reds and blues mixed in with the lighting that's shining on her while this is happening. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful, man. I love it. Well, and I don't know, is it just me? I feel like he... I feel like in this shot, there's kind of like a little bit of a fuck up because like his hand is against the window and he pulls it back. And I feel like you can perfectly see like a little round thing in the palm of his hand that he's going to use to smash the glass. Maybe. I don't know. I've never noticed I that. I feel before. like I've seen, like, I don't know if it's just shadows or what, but like just in my mind, if, I've never like slown it down to watch right, it yeah. or anything if like that. If anyone knows anything about this, definitely hit us up. We know you won't, but we're going to say it anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. If, if you know... If you know, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> I guess we could just go back and watch it. But. Yeah, that's true, too. So, so Michael Myers gets in the car. She crawls out one side of it, and he steals this motherfucking car. Oh, yeah. Drives Takes off. off, and Loomis is like, oh, shit. Guy that has never driven a car has been in a mental institution since he was six. Yeah, yeah. Hops in and drives off. Yes. So now we cut back... To Haddonfield, 1978, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's taken off to school for the day, looking pretty attractive, I'm going to say. I, f- I have this weird, weird attraction to Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. If it does it for you, I don't... Whatever floats your penis, I, yeah, I, I, what I, I, I always say. <laughs> I, I don't... Uh, she, wouldn't wouldn't agree with the, <laughs> that sentiment, but... So she, uh, she runs into Tommy Rogers, who she... Babysits. Yeah, it's a little this little boy that she babysits. He's probably probably about Michael Myers' age when he killed his sister. Yeah, he's maybe like ten. Yeah, if that eight yeah. somewhere around there. I don't know. I mean, I just made that up. Okay, so. yeah, something like that. Well, Michael, Michael. At the end of the movie, it says Michael Myers is twenty three years old as an adult. Right. Okay. But the timeline doesn't add up 
I read. I was reading about this earlier. Can't remember exactly what's going on, but there's there's, there's, a, there's <laughs> discrepancies in the timeline. Okay. So she she tells Tommy she's got to go drop a key off at the Myers house because her her dad's a uh, realtor. A realtor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she so there's people coming to look at it. She's dropping the key off. This is a pretty. This is kind of a throwaway scene. It's just some Jamie Lee Curtis introduction. Yeah, type there, stuff. there's a lot of. Um, there's actually, and again, for like a horror movie, there's kind of a lot of character building. Yeah. In this oh, movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's not really much. Uh, which I don't want to say violence because there. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it is violence, but this isn't like gory violence. No, violence. it's really not gory. And I, I was gonna bring that up when we were talking about when Mike kills his sister. Like yeah, that, there's. I mean, there's a little bit of blood, but really not. It's one of those things where it looks like somebody took like their hand and smeared some fake blood on her chest. Right. So this is not like a gore masterpiece. No, no, not by by, by no means. Yeah. So, but uh, so I I think I don't think that this movie it doesn't need it though. No, it right. doesn't. Like, no, no, and that's the well. Some movies you watch for the gore specifically, right. and then you have Halloween, which is so many amazing things all rolled into one film. Right, so. but if you're in the you know in the market for a good gore movie, this yeah. would not be it. Right. I mean, so there are a lot of people that love City of the Living Dead and talk about how great it is, but I mean, it's a pretty shitty movie. It's just got some great gore stuff right. in it. You know, so I mean, there, it's at the other end of the spectrum on the with horror movies for sure. So, Lori goes to, she's at school, she's sitting there kind of like daydreaming out the window, and she looks over, and there's fucking Oh my. There's the stolen car from the insane asylum, mm-hmm. and over the top of it, you see Michael Myers' shoulders and his head in this fucking spray-painted William Shatner mask. Right. It's, dude, it's a creepy fucking shot, man. So, See, that's what's amazing to me about this, too, is that shots like that in this movie are still a... F- there's, they it's, still work, man. It's 50-50 for me. Really? Yeah, so, oh, like, so like I think this one's good. Um, <clears throat> and then there there's some later scenes where he's... Like creeping out behind a bush, and it gets a little goofy for me. Uh, oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. So, the sidewalk, yeah, the sidewalk, and, and yeah. it's just like so. Uh, but anyways, we we can talk about those. Yeah, later. yeah we just, get there. Yeah. So like this one again, yeah. This is so. I've I've always been a big like I've always argued for like if you're making a low budget horror movie, don't show your villain in daylight. Yeah, but I think it works here. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying is this okay, is the right, only okay. movie. This is the only movie that I think gets away. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate because I feel like it made a lot of people, a lot of other people, think that they could get away with it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but like typically, yeah. to me, when you do that and you're making a low budget horror movie, that reveals all the flaws in your movies. Though the difference there again is the direction and. John Carpenter's ability to create a creepy image. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference. Right, yeah. Is his, no, I, I is get his what vision. you're saying. Yeah, I'm just no. saying, so, like... but Listen, like, Carpenter's a master. I know, and He's we're just gonna... fucking master. All right, we're just gonna keep talking about it. Uh, so, like, if you're already fucking bored of it, you should probably just stop just listening Just turn it off. But, seriously, guys, like, I... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that anyone else has ever gotten away with putting... A person in a two dollar mask, uh, right? In yeah. daylight, yeah, and in making like a, it in like a zip up gray jumpsuit. I mean, right. it's not even like anything that's like 
And it's, and it's Halloween, too. You know, this is Halloween in 1978. Right. So I think that's kind of what makes it so creepy, though, is because it is on Halloween. So, I mean, this dude right. could be walking around doing this, right. and nobody would pay any fucking attention no, to it. No, because it's that time of year. Except Lori Strode. Right. She's a virgin, though, so that's why. Right. She'll be fine. She'll be, <laughs> she'll be okay. She'll be fine. So we cut to Tommy Rogers, the little boy that, that she was talking to when she dropped the key off at the house. Uh-huh. He's leaving school, and there's some bullies picking on him, telling him that the boogeyman's going to get him. He is. <laughs> the boogeyman is coming, for sure. But he's not going to get him. Not this time. Not this time. Well, I mean, he's coming. Right. He is coming. They were right. Yeah, yeah. The bullies were right. So they break his pumpkin. Yeah, they push him down and he lands on top of his pumpkin. Right. And so and this is this is the scene where so like a lot of these scenes we have them like walking down the street so far, like with uh Lori and um Tommy like walking to school and stuff. Yeah. I didn't really like it didn't really click for me here, but at this scene, like Really clicks for so this movie was filmed in Southern California. I don't know what time of year it was filmed, but it was supposed it was to the, be. It was filmed in the spring. In the spring, yeah. and, and like it's obviously so. Like the grass is as green as it could be. <laughs> yeah. The trees are full of leaves, but like there's dead leaves. There's laying dead around. leaves <laughs> laying around, and so like like I I remember reading about this somewhere about, and maybe I'm just making this up. I don't know, but like I. I, and maybe it's just something I picture in my head is them like collecting piles of leaves after every shot, bagging them up and like taking them to the next shot. Recycling and, leaves right. for shots. So yeah. like yeah, this definitely was not shot in the fall or in like the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and this is the scene where that like really like I was like oh shit yeah, it's fucking summer there. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. You know? uh, well and and he. So this is Michael Myers kind of like follows Tommy. Yeah. Like, so well, the kid, the little uh, kids are running off after he breaks his pumpkin, and one of them runs out of the like playground area, and bumps into Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. And looks up and is terrified and runs yeah. off. Well, and then so then we cut to Loomis at a payphone. Mm-hmm. There's a he's calling the uh, does he call the sheriff here? He calls and talks yeah. to the sheriff and says he tells him oh, that. Yeah. He is. He just says he is coming to Haddonfield. He's coming to Haddonfield. Yeah. So he's um he's warning the town at this point. Like, listen, this dude's on his way. There's a a broken down, not a broken down, a vehicle where he is he has stopped and killed someone and taken their clothes because, uh, maybe like a farmer or something. I can't remember exactly. Uh, it's a mechanic. Like yeah. A tow truck guy. Yeah. He's got like yeah. the mechanic. Yeah. Like That's the jumpsuit jump on. Suit. Yeah. Yeah. And Loomis finds his clothes laying there. My uh, question is, why didn't Mike just steal the truck, too? He's going to yeah, keep driving around yeah. in the... Uh, in the asylum the vehicle. Asylum, right. So, uh... Pretty inconspicuous, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, so this is where you really start to get some old Dr. Pleasy. Uh, in the house. Because he's just like, dude just, like, talks to everyone with no restraint. Yeah. No yeah. cares about whether they think he's crazy. And he like goes in full force, like they already know what the situation he, is. And he's just like straight up, like there's a murderer coming, and he's gonna fuck you. Everybody, he basically says he's gonna kill the whole town. Right, and he's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor Pleasy is right, and uh, nobody ever believes him, and I feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so. This, this is where we meet Linda and Annie for the first time. Okay, so this is where the totally start. Yeah, so. So Linda, played by PJ Souls, uh, she's a friend of, of Laurie Strode's, 
and they're with their other friend, Annie, Annie. which is uh, that's Annie Brackett, which is the sheriff's, sheriff's daughter. daughter. Yeah, they're walking down the sidewalk. Another great walking down the sidewalk scene. Yep. Which is, which is kind of funny because I mean it, it's a great use of like okay we need to film some shit. Yeah, well, let's do some character development walking down some sidewalks. And it just made it definitely makes it feel like 1970s suburbia. Yo, yeah. Like yeah. kids walking No home cares, from man. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like and I maybe that's kind of a little bit how things were back then. Like oh, I, yeah. I we didn't grow up in a time where like that kind of stuff happened. Right. And we don't live anywhere where you like live close enough to anything to walk. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um but so it Pretty like I mean just nothing that's like really important here except uh, for this is I mean you you figure out that Linda's like the stereotypical seventies eighties dumb blonde yeah she's a bimbo yeah <laughs> blonde bow for <laughs> yeah, sure yeah and she, so I mean they're talking about uh Jamie Lee Curtis is talking about forgetting a book and how upset she is about it for school and Linda's like I forget all my books I forget chemistry I forget math and she like totally <laughs> I'm totally not giving a shit about it yeah so we kind of get an introduction to her that's verbatim by yeah, the way that, yeah. <laughs> that was off of the script uh, we read that off the script uh, I wrote down terrible acting here yeah. too because so this is when those two girls so this is the Deborah Hill dialogue and it doesn't work very well like there's a there's a huge difference between the Loomis speeches and the dialogue between the teenagers right and I mean I guess that's supposed I mean yeah like you you are talking about like teenager teenage girls versus like a psychiatrist right yeah or whatever but like well, yeah, but I mean, but it's just still quali- like... Yeah, just the quality of the writing. It seems like two different people wrote it. Right. And, you know? Yeah, no, and it, but it's whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, none of their, like, little, like, social shit matters. I mean, I, I say that, but, like, I mean, I'm sure, like, there's people out there that are like, well, no, that builds the whole era of, like, uh... Like what? the virgin and the yeah like, yeah know, the slut and the dumb person like okay whatever but yeah. like I don't think that that was in the intention they just were trying to make them sound like like seven, teenagers seventeen year old yeah. girls yeah. yeah and it just wasn't a great job no don't get me wrong love the shit out of <laughs> oh, this movie totally love <laughs> it <laughs> so uh, Michael Myers this is where he's like. This is one of the scenes you don't enjoy. Yeah. The daylight Michael Myers viewings where he's creeping around the bush. Yeah. They see him. He's just like... Popping up. He's, he's standing like half covered by a bush and Listen, half man, not covered by a he bush. He acts like what I imagine a sexual predator would act like. Yeah. He's like obviously wants to be seen. Yeah. He's not making like... I mean, it's not like... He's going out of his way to hide himself. No, but... And, and then we also get into the... This is like the Michael My- where Michael Myers starts to get the uh, like superhuman abilities to like disappear, disappear. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, and he's like, "Huh, what the fuck is he doing?" And like, like they're fucking with you, Lori, or whatever. And she runs up there and looks around the bush, and he's just he's just gone. gone. And there's yeah. nowhere he could have gone. Now, see, okay, I, I, I could get it maybe if there was like an like maybe like a little bit of a time lapse between him being there and him disappearing. But there are parts in this movie where. Lori will be like looking at him. She'll like glance over and then look back, and he's gone. Right, like yeah. he's fu- he's fucking flying away right. at this point. Yeah, and so 
I mean, that's where you get the, like, I mean, I've just always imagined, like, just, like, in my head, like, the camera hits him, and he's, like, all slow and creepy and stuck, and then the camera's off him, and he's just fucking, like, bolting, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and like... Like, it's almost, like, comedic. Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me laugh like when I think about it. you laugh thinking about it. Right, yeah, exactly. well, and then the... <laughs> We're all laughing right now. <laughs> and then, well, and then there's, like, this... This, I'm, like, so obviously John Carter did this on purpose, and, like, it kind of cracks me up, but he does, like, the, anytime it's, like, shot from, like, behind Michael Myers' shoulder, you can hear him breathing. Like, and, like, I mean, I think it's supposed to be creepy, but it just, for some reason, makes me laugh. Like, it works in one spot. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. There's one part where I'm, like creepy as fuck. But right, and I mean, obviously that's later. what it sounds like inside of a mask if you're a mouth breather. Right, yeah. Right, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, so, yeah. but uh, it just kind of, like, that compared with, like, the him just being a goofball behind the bush. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes that a little cheesy for me. Well, so then it, it goes to this, like, kind of like a throwaway scene. Lori runs into Sheriff Brackett, which is her friend Annie's dad. He's, hey, Lori, blah, blah, blah. It's just a like, normal conversation between two hometown motherfuckers that are running into each other on the sidewalk. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just out walking the hoods. So then she she goes back home, and this is where she sees him out by the clothesline. Right. So Michael Myers, she looks out the window, and there he is again. What do you mean? Right. And I, I again, this I, she looks cheesy to me. See, I thought this was I thought this was fairly effective until... He supernaturally disappears. Right, yeah, he does. Because, you know, so later on, in later films, he became this this supernatural entity almost that was like an unstoppable force like your Jasons and, He's you like know, omnipresent. Your chrome skulls. Right. Like, you know, that kind of shit. Like, he's everywhere. You can't get away from him. This one, he's supposed to, you know, he's a man. Yeah. And there's no, they don't allude to him being anything more than a man. Well, Dr. Pleasy talks about him well, doc- being a demon yeah, and the spawn listen, of Satan. Listen, man, Dr. Pleasy's been around his whole life, pretty right. much. Dr. So Pleasy knows what's up, but... He's got evil in his eyes. <laughs> he does. Deep in there. So, yeah, there's some more bullshit between Lori and Annie. And again, we're just setting up, like, for like future events in the movie. Yeah, there, there's, right? like, a phantom know? phone call. She thinks it's somebody fucking with her. Ends up being Annie, and she's like, why'd you hang up on me the first time? Like, or, just a, it's a throwaway conversation, Right, basically. and so, I mean, really, all we're doing here is we're, we're getting, like, a little bit of Michael Myers stalking uh, Lori, and yeah, then we're yeah. also getting the plot driven forward. So right. this sets up, because the, they talk about, like, babysitting and... Uh, like you know what's gonna happen that night like, babysit like, like right across the street right and so they're like making plans on like how whatever it doesn't really matter uh, yeah just yeah. know that like there's not any I, there's not any major plot holes here it's yeah like, no no it's there's all, there we're is, not missing anything in the plot really there is one just glaring I, to me like every time i've ever watched this movie i like it just Fucks me up. Hit and, me with it. Uh, so okay, so throw at, it, throw I, it this I, I way. I think we're we're about at the uh, we're about there. We I may skip over a scene, but so Annie doesn't Annie come and pick up Lori? She picks her up. They immediately start smoking one of the fattest J's I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, so they start smoking weed, and then they see uh, some commotion going on at the hardware store. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Annie's dad is outside, and they pull up. To the hardware store, and the so Annie's dad's outside. There's a bunch of people gathered around, and the alarm's going off. Yeah, yeah. And he says that someone broke in, and all they stole was some rope and a mask. <laughs> yeah. 
and the alarm's going off, and Michael Myers been fucking chilling in that mask for hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. so no, like, I, know just, what you, I saw this too. I, know, I was thinking about this while I was watching it. Right. This time. And it, it just always has been one of those things where I'm like. Why is the alarm still going off? Yeah, like, I, like so. There's, there's like a obviously like a timeline, like something wrong with the timeline there, where they, they're acting like someone just broke into the, and like, like it had been closed all day. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's in the middle of the day, and it's a school day. Right. I mean, it's, because they've been at school and come home for the day. So I mean, the, it's like five. Maybe like hometown hardware store closes at five o'clock, mom and pop type place, but and then someone breaks in after they close. But Michael Myers has already had the mask because we saw him in the middle of school. That's true. And if they were Dude, open, all you just, it, you just blew that shit wide open. I'm just telling you, fuck this movie. It doesn't make any sense. This does not make any sense. No, okay? I agree with so you. Yeah. This is just like one of those things that's like always fucked with my mind. Okay, because yeah, I no. can't exactly figure out how it would work. That's so if you can figure that out, let me know. That's something I've never caught. He, yeah, it does. I mean, the alarm's still blaring when they pull up. So the only thing you skipped was. Loomis goes to Doctor Pleasy goes to uh, the Judith Myers yeah. grave and the headstones gone. Yep. Then we cut to the ridiculous hardware scene. Uh, don't know why, but they've been driving around smoking this big old J, and they decide, "Hey, there's my dad, the sheriff. Let's stop and roll down the window. Let's stop and roll down the fucking window." And then she's like, "And Lori's like, no, he's gonna smell it." And she's like, "No, he won't. There's I'm no like, way he'll smell that blunt we were smoking like, in this car with the windows." Have up. you ever smoked weed? Because if you <laughs> smoke it inside of a car with the windows up, and you roll up somewhere and roll the window down, yeah. That shit's pouring out. They throw it out and she's like waving her hand around. Right. She's like, oh, my dad's going to smell Bitch, it. Bitch, you've just been hotboxing this car for like 20 minutes. There's no way that your dad's not going to smell Dude, it. Dude, this whole, okay, so this whole section of the movie where they're riding it's around in the fucked. car. Michael Myers is tailing them every fucking where they go. Okay, yeah. me, oh. maybe I'm just a paranoid person. I would notice that shit. Yeah, so you would think you would notice it, but dude, this is, and I I, for, I was thinking this when I was watching this movie, I'm glad we came back to it, because when they are driving, it's shot from the back seat, Yeah, and it is some of the most beautiful cinematography <laughs> I have ever seen. Like the shots of the girls in the front seat, with yeah. like the lighting behind them. Looks so oh, no. yeah, yeah. fucking good. It's like almost that, like, uh, it's like at dusk almost. Like yeah, it's yeah, the light. Evening, uh, yeah. And, dude, I'm just telling you, like, if next time you watch it, pay attention to that scene and just look at how beautiful that shot is. Because it's in the yeah. back of a moving car. Right, yeah. And it's shot so, it's like everything that, like, like every, like, music video that's been shot of, like, people driving to the beach yeah, in the yeah. car, and it's, like, shot, like, they're trying to get that shot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It looks so good. No, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That is, like, it's, like, like we've said multiple times already, Carpenter is the man. There's just so many moments in this movie that, for me, as, like, a person that just loves, like, cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and beautiful shots, like, you can watch this, like, 80s, well, 70s horror movie. Yeah. And, like, you get so much of that, uh, and it's... It just blows my mind. Well, yeah, what he was able to accomplish in 1978 is pretty amazing. Okay, so basically from there it goes to Annie and Lori are going to their respective babysitting houses. Uh, Lori is babysitting Tommy Rogers, and Annie is babysitting a little girl named Lindsay, I believe is yeah. her name. Mm -hmm. And 
They're right across the street from each other. It's hard. It's hard for me to forget anyone's name in this movie because every character has their name said in a whiny voice. Yeah. (laughs) Linda, Lindsay, Lori, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Just everyone's name gets said over and over again in that tone of voice. Yeah, and then. Yes, I know exactly what right, you mean. Anyways, yes, but yeah. So uh, names, right? <laughs> names. Uh, so Loomis and Brackett go to the Myers house. Yeah, so they they, meet, they go to the Myers house together. Uh, Doctor Polizzi and Annie's dad. Jared yeah, Brackett. Yeah, and so now it, it is now dark out. Yes, and yes. so they go. Loomis is convinced that Michael will show up to. His old house. Yeah, because they go in and they and they go in and investigate it too. And there's a, a dead dog in there. Yeah, and, like, and he says something about well, you had to eat. Yeah, so. well, uh, Brack. I think Brackett says too. He's like, no man would do that. First of all, millions of dogs are killed every year by men in brutal ways. So that is something that definitely really happens. Right. He's like, is that a raccoon? Or and Loomis is like, no, it's a dog. He fucking ate it because he, he was hungry <laughs> and he's he the spawn shit. of Satan. Yeah, he talks of this is where this is like one of the great Loomis lines where he talks about the devil's eyes yeah. that Michael Myers has. Like there's just nothing there. And he, at one point in the movie he talks about how he sat there for 15 years and watched Michael Myers stare at a wall through the wall right. like it wasn't even there, you know. So he just like he was waiting for a moment to do whatever he was going to do. Right. Basically that he's been planning this his entire life. So Loomis decides he's going to stay at the Myers house because that's when he he thinks that uh, he's like, well, Myers, he's going to show back up right. at some point. And so this was actually the only part of the movie that made me jump is when they go upstairs and they're looking out the window and that like piece of guttering falls oh, in yeah. the glass and it breaks. For some reason, every time I watch that movie, like... Even though you know it's coming. It's like I forget that it's coming. Yeah, yeah. And it happens and it makes me jump. It's like the one Carpenter jump scare yeah, right. in this movie. Yeah, for real. Uh, I mean, there are a few, but it's not like jump scares like you see in movies today. No, definitely not. Uh, but that one always gets me. Um, and so then, we we cut back to Lori babysitting Tommy. Yep. And Annie calls from across the street. And Tommy, while, while Annie's on the phone with Lori, Tommy looks out the window and he sees, so, I, I gotta explain this first. The name of Michael Myers in the movie, I think um, his name, I think Michael said like two times in the whole movie, but in the credits, he was actually The Shape. Okay. Okay, which is super creepy. And so, Tommy looks out the window of his house, and he sees The Shape. Yeah. Standing there, it's just the silhouette of Michael Myers standing outside of Annie's house, and it is... It's creepy. creepy as shit, man. He starts freaking out, and he's like, the boogeyman's over there. The right. boogeyman's over there, whatever. And so, Michael Myers, the dog, Annie's dog, not yeah. Annie's dog, but the uh, the dog of the people who she's babysitting for, yes. comes running out. Michael Myers strangles this dog to death. Which, this movie was actually originally titled The Babysitter's Murders. Or something like the babysitter murders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the babysitters murder. The, the babysitters baby- murders. The babysitter murders. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean they're babysitters. They're babysitters, and there's some murders happening. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he the, on the nose. The the 
The dog gets killed. Uh, that's like naming your song, like, whatever you say in the chorus. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, sorry. Anyways, uh, back on That was back. a perfect description. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the, the dog gets killed. And then there's, like, there's just a bunch of... So, this is kind of... Honestly, this is the only part of the movie that I kind of... Like get just like yeah. There's a section here where there's not much going on now. There's just a lot of back and forth, and it sets it up to where the events can happen. Right, and the, and there is a good scene. <clears throat> I thought one of the creepier and effective scenes in in the whole movie, one that always sticks with me, is when Annie goes out to do her laundry, mm-hmm. and she's standing there at the washer, and behind her. The door is creaking open slowly. There's a wind, you know, it's got a window, and there's like a a a curtain or a drape hanging over the window on the door. And Michael Myers is there on the other side of the window behind the drape, and you can see his like this blurred mask as he's watching her. And then she turns around and goes to the other door, and then he's behind her. It's like the same view through the other window of him looking in at her, and it's just it's right. very so effective. Cool man. play on uh, with the perspectives there. So she gets locked in. It's another goofy scene. Yeah, uh, she tries to climb out the window. Yeah, Lori calls uh, Lindsay, and she's like, "Hey, is Annie okay?" Lindsay's like, yeah, she's out doing laundry, takes her the phone. Annie is stuck halfway out the window. Right. Which I guess Michael Myers is just like, oh, I'll just let her be. I'll, I'll kill her later. I'll, I'll get her later. I mean, maybe I'll maybe it's a game for him. I don't know. Right, yeah. He obviously didn't care that she was just ready to be murdered. Could have killed her. Yeah. And yeah. I actually, when we watched, uh, oh, what movie am I thinking? Oh, when we watched uh, Laid to Rest, yeah. the scene where... Uh, Lena, Lena Hetty gets killed while she's hanging out the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've always... I kind of was wondering when I watched this, like, if that was, like, a throwback to, like, the director of that movie what thought, like, like, this is what should have <laughs> happened. This is what really would have happened. In yeah, Halloween, yeah. but, yeah, so anyways. Uh, Wait, and I think it's actually Paul that calls... And is looking yeah looking for, for Annie. Annie yeah, yeah. Paul. so Paul doesn't matter Paul <laughs> Paul uh, so Lindsay hell and like actually so Paul is the luckiest person in this movie yes because Paul is supposed like Paul okay so here's like what I'm thinking is like Paul is thinking that he's gonna go get laid tonight and he's supposed to go pick him and up he's supposed to go pick him up. Uh, spoilers, Annie doesn't ever make it to pick him up. Right. Paul never shows up or anything like that in the rest of the movie, but, like, just I just have this thought of, like, Paul is just, like, left at home pissed off because Annie didn't pick him up, but then, like, the next day he finds out what happened there. Yeah. And the All, rest Everyone of, I know got murdered Right, and the, the rest of his life, he's like, he's like, dude... It's like that's like the, that's like the I should have been like at work in the Twin Towers the day right, like yeah. on nine eleven, but I wasn't. Yeah, like, like Paul's what, story is still right. Like, it's like you're supposed to be dead. It's like some Final Destination yeah, shit. Yeah, like you know. But uh, anyways, that's not really important. I just like that was just one thing that like. No, was, that's a good thought because I I mean I never I never thought of it from that perspective before. I guess so. No, that's that's pretty cool because you're right because Annie. <laughs> Goes, she decides, oh, I gotta go pick Paul up. Mm-hmm. She goes out to the car in the garage. She doesn't have the keys. Yeah, so she drops Lindsay off at Tommy's with. Right, that's Lori. right. Yeah. 
Lori. Yeah, Lori, uh, yeah. And um and so yeah, so she so this is one of my favorite scenes and it cracks me up when I like this scene cuz she so she walks out to the car, tries to open the door, it's locked. Is like, "Oh, keys, whatever." She absentmindedly goes back, gets the keys, walks back to the car and then just opens the door without unlocking it. Oh, she didn't, it. okay. And she doesn't even, like, she's just absent-minded about the whole thing. She doesn't, I thought you were going to say something about Myers being in the car but, even well, though it was locked. Right. But no, he could have gotten in there when it was unlocked and then locked it. Yeah, or he could have just jimmied the lock. Or yeah, I mean, he's yeah. Michael Myers, right? Uh, so, he's not a real person. Right. He's a supernatural so he, entity. He, she gets in the car and, like, she leans, this just cracks me up because she, like, leans forward and like sticks her finger, fing, fingo, fingo, <laughs> her finger on the window and pulls it down, and like the windows are all fogged up, and then all of a sudden, I love that scene. Yeah, man. and then all of a sudden, Michael Myers pops out of the back seat and strangles her. But like, what's always been funny to me is like just picturing. So he he's obviously been in the car for like a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because like whatever time frame it took for her to go get the keys and come back, he's gotten in the car. Right. Dude has to just be sitting there like (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) to fog up the windows. Like you can't just fog up windows by normally breathing. He like he like ran five miles and then jumped in that car. Right, because like when windows fog up, it's because you're like having sex in a car or whatever, but like or the heater's on and it's cold outside. But this dude is just sitting there breathing so heavy it fogs up the windows. And just that imagery of in a him. very short amount of time, right, breathing yeah. that hard cracks me up. <laughs> so he sits in the back of this car, fogging the windows up. Annie gets in the car. Mm-hmm. He strangles her. Strangles her. Strangles the shit out of her. Yes. To death. To death. And then she dies face down on the horn. But see, okay, so I was trying to figure this out last night when I was watching, and I guess I never really paid attention that closely before. So. He uses his knife on her somehow. Okay, so he's strangling her, and then all of a sudden he goes, like that. Nobody can see what I just did. I was talking directly to Daniel. I'm sorry. (laughs) He makes a knife, like, throat-cutting motion, but it's super fast, Mm -hmm. and then she just, like, her eyes get real big, and she dies, like, instantly. Right. So, I mean, he did something. I don't know if he stabbed her in the neck. I don't know if he... In the side, I don't know what it was. You know, yeah, I've never paid close attention either because when her body is later revealed, I don't know if she's like, is she bloody or yeah or not? I don't remember. I don't remember either because but, he's like, so this this is a pretty cool little scene right here. Uh, it cuts back to Tommy. Yeah, from across the street, he's watching the thing from another world, which John Carpenter remade as the thing. Right. Four years later. Which is one of the best movies ever made. But <laughs> you've mentioned anyway, it. Yeah. It, anyway. So Tommy sees Michael Myers carrying Annie's dead body. Right. Because this is back from the days of like detached garages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he's carrying Annie's body from the garage back into the house. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tommy sees it. And in the shadows, again, motherfucking boogeyman. Looks beautiful. Yeah, great The shot. use of the darkness and the light. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's cool because it's like everything's so dark and the house is so bright and white mm-hmm. and you see the silhouette of this person carrying a, a dead body. body. Yeah, yeah, it's just great. I mean, it's if you saw great. it out your window, you would shit your pants. Fuck yes. Yeah. Right now, if I looked out 
the, the window. window. <laughs> That's definitely what would happen. It would freak me the fuck out for sure. So Loomis, we come back to Loomis now. He's okay. This is a great scene. I love this scene. There's some kids going up and they're talking about like, I dare you to go in there or whatever. Go in the Myers house. It's he's haunted. Like, yeah, and he's in the bushes. And he's yeah. Like, he's like, hey, kid, I wouldn't do that or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And they run off, and while they're running, while they're running away, after he does this, he's got like the a most shit. hardcore shit eating grin I've ever seen. He's so happy with himself. Yeah, he's just like, "Yes, I scared the shit out of this kid." <laughs> he is pleased. Uh, so they, for I, some reason, Sheriff Brackett, just, he shows up here, and he's like not convinced that Michael Myers is going to do anything, right? Even though this psychiatrist or psychologist is there telling him like this guy is insane he murdered his sister here he ca- he is coming back to this town yeah i mean you've got to you got to take it from the detective's point of view like there's crazy ass people all the time that are like trying to talk to you about crimes that are going to happen yeah but this is a murderer that was locked up in an institution that escaped Right, and and so, but I mean, so Brackett doesn't necessarily, like, shrug him off. He's there with him, and he, like, he has extra people well, out on patrol, he's yeah. like, I don't want to, he's like, I don't want to make a big stink about it, because then somebody will be calling. It's or, Halloween night, there's people everywhere. Right, yeah, and yeah. I think Loomis says something about, like, yeah, don't, don't broadcast it publicly, because right. they'll see him on every street corner, which again yeah. is, like, another great, like... Yeah. Loomis thing. Well, Loomis also says death has come to your little town. Which yeah, is when he's just, like the way he delivers it, dude. Doctor Pleasy, Donald Pleasance, just the pleasantries, dude. The pleasantries of Pleasance. Oh, I love it. He, he's just amazing all the way through this fucking movie, man. Donald Pleasance is unstoppable. But anyway, so Bob and Linda show up in the fucking mystery machine. In the mystery machine to to see what's up with Annie at her babysitting location and then so they go in and they're like hey nobody's here let's go fuck somewhere so before we move into the house i you didn't write it down and i don't know if you caught this but when they're sitting in the car or in the van the mystery machine uh bob makes a reference to fucking Lindsay, the child he says something about like they're talking about like a three-way or something and he says something about yeah and Lindsay or something like dude there's like a straight like straight I, ped- pedophilic y- reference yes, and I never noticed it until I was sitting in the movie theater and like he says it and I was like what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out because I don't think I've ever noticed yeah, you're, that yeah you should go back and watch that because I've never noticed it the 150 times I've watched it but I noticed it this time that I watched it anyways yeah. I was just curious to see if you no no I didn't that. notice that I <laughs> yeah. will look into that there is definitely a pedophilia joke okay alright so Carpenter's a little that happened. <laughs> maybe that was Deborah Hill. Oh, maybe it was Deborah Hill. <laughs> Who knows? It was two teenagers. It was two 30-year-old teenagers right. having a conversation. Everybody does look so much older than they're playing, too. They, yeah. High they, school kids. They do look older than They look like some kids. mid-20s, at least. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Anyway, I don't You're know. Right. So they're all, like, 70s as fuck, and they go inside and do 70s as fuck things. Like... Sex. Sex and beers. Probably unprotected sex. Uh, and cigarettes in the bedroom. Yes. Oh, yeah. And 
So they go they go up and they start getting down in a bed, just a random bed in this house. Yeah, just having sex in. So let let me like. <laughs> So I just like I don't like and maybe maybe this is like how so first of all you have a van that you can have sex in. Yeah, mystery one. machine. Right. So but anyways, they decide they're going to have like who goes over so their friend is babysitting someone and they go over to that person's house and have sex in their bed. Because nobody they just walk in they're like, "Well, nobody's here, let's fuck." Right. Like, you know, such a like super weird. Yeah. Kind of weird. I mean, I, it's super. It's I'm weird, gonna go like, back to my previous. Yeah, statement. It, it's just like you're just having sex in someone else's. Ba- I'm never letting. If I ever have kids, never letting, never having a babysitter. No, they're gonna be fucking in your bed, <laughs> right? I don't some need some guy named just Bob. Some, some randos making pedophilia jokes and fucking in my bed. Well, and then so, <laughs> so Michael Myers is watching them, basically. Yeah, because you it, like comes into the room and you're looking over Myers' shoulder and they're like. Do doing some it. heavy breathing, some mission, some some really serious oh, missionary, some straight white kid sex, some just missionary as fuck stuff happening. Yeah, oh, you 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 don't get any more missionary than fuck <laughs> than missionary. No, you you don't. But it, it works. Yeah, whatever. So he's like watching them under the covers, and they get done and turn on the lights. I guess I don't know. Light up a stogie. My, Michael Myers is not in the room. No. You're like you kinda think like maybe they're gonna turn the yeah, lights he's gonna be there, but he's not. Yeah, he's gone. Um and so Bob goes to get a beer. Yeah, Bob goes he's like, I wanna get a beer. Want one? Right. Your tits are out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he goes downstairs and he gets a beer, turns around, Michael Myers shanks him in the gut. He with like a knife. No, yeah, he chokes him, yeah, lifts, chokes him, up him first. lifts him yeah. up and then stabs him to the cupboard. Uh, the flimsy covered door with yeah, his and butcher knife. So this was the scene I was talking about earlier. Is this the one you were talking about? This is not the one I it's was not? talking about. It's not? Oh, dude. Okay, so this scene is fucking amazing. So it, it, it this guy, he's getting choked by Michael Myers. Michael Myers lifts him up, stabs a knife into his gut, sticks him to the cabinet, and then steps away. And he has stabbed this dude so fucking hard through the stomach right. that it has stuck his 150-pound body up on this cabinet Michael Myers takes a few steps back. It's dark in the foreground. The moonlight's coming in the window. And Michael Myers stares at him hanging there and just turns his head back and forth. Like, rotates his head, watching this person die. And it's just... Yeah, no, it's like a... Amazing shot, It's like when a, a... Dog is interested in a noise, and they do that like head tilt thing. That, great shot. I will. I will agree with you that yeah, it, it is yeah. a great shot. That's not what I was referring to. Okay. Earlier. Are so. we getting there? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's that, it's kind of towards the end of the movie. Okay. All right. But, okay. Um. So, basically, we go back to uh, uh, Linda in the bed. Yeah. Back to the bedroom. So the door creeps open to the bedroom, and Michael Myers is standing there like Beetlejuice style. Under a sheet with Bob's, Bob's glasses, glasses over it. Dude, it's a creepy fucking scene, it's, dude. It is it's kinda goofy at first. But it's and creepy. then it like, turns creepy. Because then you like you really like if you really put yourself in that situation, like yeah. someone you're comfortable with is like playing a little yeah. joke on you, you still kinda get that like anxiety. Yeah, but feeling. and Bob's not like responding to what she's saying to right. him either. And everyone's been in that situation where you're like, stop it, stop it, and then like it becomes serious because like the, You have the, the real fear. Right. Man. That person is creeping you the out. The true fear strikes, yeah. And this is when 
that fear is justified. Yeah, because she gets up and she calls she calls a uh, Aunt or Lori. Lori, yeah, across looking the street. for Annie, right? Uh-huh. She's trying to find Annie, yeah. And she while she's on the phone, Myers comes up, grabs the phone cord and chokes her out. Chokes her out, man. Strangles Great her. dying noises, by the way. I don't. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty horrific. Yeah, yeah. They sound like sex noises, but also like she's, dying. She's gurgles. getting pleasure like, out of it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, and then Lori thinks Pain that of pleasure she, into this yeah, game, she's just fucking. Somebody's just fucking with her. Yeah, yeah. So then we see Loomis see the car. <laughs> yeah, so Loomis decides to take to the streets. Yes. Uh, and he sees the car and puts two and two together, and he's like, he's somewhere around here. Yeah, so he starts walking on the sidewalks. Right, yeah, looking for any signs of disturbance. Yeah, so Lori, Lori jumps across the street now because she's like, okay, what's going on over there? Annie's not, Annie's not there. Right. Linda just called me and then made sex noises over the phone. So what's going on? She can't find Linda in the house now, so she's wandering around. This is where she. This is the classic. Yeah, I talk body about, find. Yeah, I talk about scene. this all the time, and I feel like this is the first movie that does this. But it's where you systematically everyone in the movie gets killed off, and then all of their bodies are revealed to the final girl in weird fucking places, man. Every yes. goddamn time, and and so this is like, I mean, obviously, it's like Blood Rage. They were all in the fucking like. Sauna. <laughs> right. Yeah, so like this is like the classic like the dude's a murderer and he likes to play with his bodies yeah, or whatever yeah. and so he like hides them. It's like he stages them. So that's what yeah. she wa- she walks in and finds this is where the headstone thing comes in. Yeah, she, she walks sees Annie. Bedroom, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and Annie's spread out on the Michael Myers made the bed. Yes, laid her out <laughs> on it and put the headstone and like like Gave it like like set up lighting to like yeah she's yeah like glowing. and the headstones like above her head it says Judith Myers like right and so like I get this whole like it's like creepy and looks funny but like just thinking about Michael Myers like making a bed yeah, <laughs> yeah. putting a ball place getting that perfect crease <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah it's a well made bed yeah I mean I feel like he would have just thrown her well, dude on he it, was but... institutionalized for most of his life he can probably make a mean bed it's true and again like a lot of people that are psychopaths like that have like you know, OCD about stuff. Or like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what the right term for it is, but yeah, they have those ticks where they like do stuff like that. Yeah. To stage the bodies or whatever. Like serial killers do that. Doctor, Doctor DJ Gill. Ladies yes. and gentlemen. I do have a degree in psychology. Oh, wow. So. Uh, okay, so this is legit, guys. I'm basically Dr. Lewis. I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I... I do have a degree in psychology, but I just made all of that up. (laughs) There's no scientific basis, but no theory behind any of it. No. But I have a degree. But I do have a degree. Uh, So, anyway. So the other bodies are laying around. One's in like a... uh, Uh, Dome waiter. Armoire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's like a dome waiter or something. Yeah, so uh, she finds all the bodies, uh, and then we get into... The showdown. Right? Myers attacks, man. This is it. Final girl. Yeah. This is the final girl. This is Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers. Michael Myers gets first blood, though. He cuts her on the arm with his butcher So knife. this is the scene I'm talking about. Okay. To me, that's the most iconic and creepily shot. Right before he cuts her, she's standing at the top of the stairs, and there's a black doorway. And the, she's standing there, not moving, and the light in the doorway... Like, 
a little bit of light comes in and you see his face. Oh, yes. Kind of like come into view. Yes. He's like just a shape in the doorway and then you see the white of the, the mask. The white mask, yeah. And like that, I feel like that's a picture that's used a lot. All the time. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, it's like you forget that it's not like a still image. It's like it's a, it's a movie. You yeah, know what I mean? man. Like, yeah. And it's just so like, there's nothing like, it's literally a person standing there, a person standing behind them, and he uses light to yeah, create yeah. one of the most creepy images you could think of. That's a great shot. Man. Uh, so, yeah. anyways, that was as, the soon one as, I, as soon as you started talking about it, I was like, "Yes, yeah." So that that's the one for me that uh, I was talking about earlier. But anyways, yeah. So he co- he pops out, cuts her arm, cuts her arm. She runs back across the street uh-huh. where the kids are now, and comes in to find that one of the windows is open. Yeah, it's just like open. So right. somehow she hauled ass directly across the street, immediately notices a window's open. And Michael Myers is and in there. And Michael house. Myers is in there. Wait. So she sits on the couch and he pops up from behind the couch, right? Yeah, she yeah. Or she backs into the couch or something. And she grabs he basically attacks her from behind. She grabs a Knitting needle. Yes. Stabs him in the neck. Yes. With the knitting needle. So, here's the unstoppable killer stuff. Yep, this he, is the he goes down. Yeah, yeah, he goes down. She thinks he's dead. Yeah. She goes upstairs to the kids. Yes, and she has them lock themselves in a room, mm-hmm. and then she hides in the closet because he's not dead. Right, he starts coming again. Coming after her again. Right. She hi- Okay, so for me, this is one of... This is... This is the Another, scene that has stuck with me my entire life. So from the fir- when I was like eight years old when I saw this movie the first time, I will never forget. I had that closet. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, right. It's also the- similar to High Tension. Have you ever seen High Tension? Yes. Where the mom gets her throat cut, uh-huh. and she's like walking over to the closet. It reminds me of that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it's that classic like, like tiny ass closet. So like now homes are built with like the walk-in closet, but this is the right. kind where you had like. It's like a four panel like door with slats. Like shutters yeah, almost. And yeah. they like they open in a weird way or whatever. And so she climbs in, hides, and gets in the corner of the closet and he just like He comes up and starts beating on it yeah. like crazy. He's just like beating the shit out of the closet and then he busts through and he's like trying to get her and as he's trying to get her, he catches the, the fucking light stream, light stream and, I, and turns the light on so he's attacking her and this light is flopping all over the right, place and it like, creates this oh dude it's such a it's such a great shot the way he like yeah punches through the slats and like half his body yes. is in the closet and oh, like dude. the light and I always wondered if that was like that must have been just been like a, a thing that happened was he accidentally tugged the light yeah yeah and like just junk, perfect yeah, and he was like, like you wait just, like, nailed I couldn't, it I couldn't have planned that like it looks fucking great so then she takes a, a hanger. Yeah, and this is. I I don't know about this one, but I mean I guess. But so she un, basically like untwirls the top of a hanger and sticks him in the eye with it. Yeah, yeah. And that flattens uh, him out again. It kills him. It kills him again. <laughs> it doesn't kill him. No, it doesn't. That was a that was a that was a lie. <laughs> so that we get him laying in the background right she goes over Lori goes over and opens the door up where the kids are where they've locked she's like it's me let me in they open the door and she says go they get out of here they take off running dude there's a great shot another amazing like this this is all stuff that's been used over and over since this movie came out man he's Michael Myers in the background 
laying in the floor. She's leaning against the doorway, or the, something. the jam, yeah. yeah. And he just sits up like fucking a doom. vampire out of his coffin. Doom, yeah. Doom. Wee wee. Doom, doom. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, and then, like, so, you know, you always hear about the Jaws thing with where it's like the dun dun dun. Oh, yeah. Thing. But, like, this movie has a great, like, little thing like that with the synth where he just. I don't know if you notice it. It's like there's, it's not the theme or anything going, but there's just like this like, like repeated like low yeah, notes on yeah. a piano, and it sounds fucking creepy. It's though. like it's great, man. So, this whole section of Lori being chased by him through the house is incredible. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Every second of it. So uh, the kids come running out of the yeah. house, mm-hmm. and Loomis sees them. So he's walking down the street investigating. And he's he's like, like, oh shit, there it fucking is. Hey, there he is. I knew it. Yeah. So he. uh Loomis just runs into the house. And Myers is attacking Lori again. Like, she, he, it comes back to them, and he's like, I think he's trying to strangle her. Right. Like, he has everyone else, pretty much. Right. And so Loomis pulls up his six shooter and shoots him. Yeah. Once or twice, but basically backs him back. Yeah, shoots him, up. him multiple times. Yeah. yeah. And so this is always funny to me because it's like, he, He's running up the stairs and he shoots him and you see Michael like fall backwards into the bedroom. Yeah. And then like, and then it cuts back to Loomis run, running up the stairs and then it cuts back to the bedroom and Michael Myers is just standing there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's just so funny. Like, he's just like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just the way that... Shoot me again. Right, just the Hit way that... Hit me again, Ike. So he does. He shoots him four more times. Yeah, yeah. And he falls out of the window. Off the balcony. Off the balcony, onto the lawn. Loomis walks over, takes a gander, immediately assumes he's dead. Right. Walks back to Lori, and she says, it was the boogeyman. It was the... Was that the boogeyman? Yeah, and then Loomis says, as a matter of fact, it, it was. was. Yes, yes. Yep. Great. Loomis oh, in the house, dude, dude all day long. So good. So then... It cuts back to the lawn. They're looking. Loomis is looking over. Lori's still in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. Loomis he looks sees, over. There. He sees that Myers is gone. So right. Michael Myers is now not there anymore. And Lori starts crying, but can she even see down there? No, she doesn't. I think she's just crying because of the whole. She thinks it's over. The oh, whole no. situation. Her reaction to me seemed like. She. Because she was. At first, she, I mean, she was sitting there. She's obviously shaking, but she wasn't crying. And then it cuts. Maybe it was just the sequence of events and the way they filmed it that it made yeah. it seem like that's what she was reacting to. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it doesn't really matter. No, Mike Myers is gone. Yep. Pretty much, that's the movie right there. And there's yeah. this great... Yeah, the end, dude, the, the last yeah. little thing is, is really great. The music comes in. The great, great Carpenter theme music. And this is something that's copied, I feel like, a lot in a lot of intense movies. The, oh, yeah, the little yeah. ending here, because... The the movie's over, but basically John Carpenter takes all these creepy still shots of every room. Yeah, that, it's like all the locations that all this has happened in. Right, so much. it goes from like the bedroom to the stairwell to the living room and then ends with like the last shot is the same. It's like like a shot of the house. Yeah. Now see, this is the breathing shot that worked for me because while he's while all this is happening you can hear Michael Myers breathing yeah. through his mask while he's making all these shots, and it's just... Dude, okay, that's Halloween. That's it, man. God, I love this movie so much. It's I, great. No, I, It was really hard to find stuff to 
I know at the, in the last episode we said we were like, we're going to tear that shit apart. You can't. You can't not tear it apart. Right. Everything that, that we talked about is probably... Yeah, I mean, other than the uh, stupid fucking break-in at the hardware store. Yeah, so there's a, couple of, uh, there's a couple of dialogue situations that don't work very well. Yeah, some of the acting's not great, but <clears throat> like it just doesn't matter, man. It's still... It's a classic, man. Yeah. It'll always be a classic. Carpenter is a master... Like it's just, you can't fuck with it. But I'm glad we did it because this is a, you know, it's a Halloween episode. I wanted to do Halloween. Halloween is the best time of the year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is just, uh, this is just the movie that, like, like if you don't watch this movie every Halloween, there's something wrong with you. Well, it was just like, do we release just a regular episode and watch like <clears throat> Burial Ground, which I just got the new Blu-ray of, which we're gonna have to do at some point. But it was either just like do another movie like that, you know, a, a low-budget 80s or 70s flick that not many people have seen or do a classic. A fucking classic for Halloween, man. And, and I mean, what better movie to do than, than Halloween? Yeah, no, <laughs> there's really not. So You can call it cliche, you can call it whatever you want. It's a great movie. It's a great fucking movie, man. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it. If you've watched it, go watch it. Yo, yeah, it's worth uh, it. Why, it's fucking Halloween, man. Yeah. You gotta watch Halloween. You should watch it right now. Yeah. So matter. yeah, I don't even there. I don't even think there's any real reason for a stab. I mean, this is a ten. For ten. Me. Ten out of ten. This is a ten. Ten stab ten, rating. Yeah, no, this is. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Double tens on this. Double one. tens. It, Two attached thumbs. <laughs> way up. Way up. Zero sutures. Yeah. No sutures on this one. <laughs> uh, so that's it, man. Uh, I, yeah. I don't think there's anything else to say about it. Yeah. I mean, it's. Like like he said, if you've seen it, watch it again. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch this movie. It's it's Halloween, man. You, it's it's a must see for anyone that loves horror movies. So that's gonna do it for this episode of Gore Gab, guys. I'm Uncle Pony Boy. I'm here with DJ Gill. Definitely go check us out on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast or email us. Let us know what you guys think. We say this every episode. We haven't gotten a single email, but <laughs> I also realized that I've. I think I've been giving out the wrong email address. Probably. I've been giving out gorgabpodcasts at gmail.com. It's gorgab1985. It's gorgab1985 at gmail.com. So definitely send us some feedback. Review us. We're on the iTunes store. You can go on there and give us a... Uh, yeah, you know, subscribe. Give us a review. Yeah, yeah subscribe. Us give us a review, man. I mean, it's... Tweet us. Whatever, yes. man. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it's something, right? Yeah, I mean, or not, or not. Yeah, or not, or not. But we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this anyway. So I mean, it it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, well, anyways, we would appreciate it though. Yeah, yeah it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, uh, we will uh, be seeing you guys next month with something great. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. If this podcast doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. What will it take for us to get you into a new podcast today? 
I don't know. Are you going to put me in one? Actually, Sergio, you are in one. Both of us host the Scream 101 podcast. It's a horror movie review podcast where every month we dive deep into a specific genre, starting from the biggest hits and going down to the most obscure. This month, we're doing vampires. 20,000 leagues into vampires. Yep, that... (laughs) You said deep, um, and that makes yeah. me think ocean. Yeah, sail the ocean of different unknown genres with us. Vampires. Find us on Cupholder Radio every weekend or wherever podcasts are sold, i.e. the podcast app on iTunes.